Hey, Gordon. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> welcome to the Itabu podcast. Uh, oh, I mean, welcome to Itabu in general, actually. Yeah, delighted to be here. It's been great. Busy first few weeks, so all going well. So, of course, you, you're anticipating we're going to talk about recruitment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, we're not. Um, my, my, <laughs> my, my first question for you is, if I if I say the words J.R. Hartley, uh, what do you think about? No, fly fishing, definitely. <laughs> or, or yellow pages. Um, yeah, so you're an avid fly fisher. Um, yes, yes. My my passion, I should say. Yes, it's uh, something that I've I've done for a long time. I started out fishing with maggots and worms when I was probably about six or seven years old, and then as I got older, then fly fishing was was the thing that I took up. And yeah, pretty much every bit of spare time I get these days, it's it's out on the on the lochs and lakes around around the country. So yeah, it's a my main hobby. And where where are your favourite spots? Um, well, unfortunately, where we actually are based in the, the northwest of England is actually pretty slim um, in terms of the number of fisheries. There's plenty of rivers and things like that, but it's normally kind of still water fisheries that we go to. Um, but North Wales isn't too far from us, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes away. So, um, so yeah, so usually head over into, into North Wales and there's a few nice places out that way. And uh, hopefully heading out that way tomorrow. So, so yeah. It's always always try to find new waters and find new places to fish great so yeah I, I tried it once but i was terrible at it and uh, ended up with just a blister on my finger so i had to retire from fly fishing really early oh uh, actually I, I, I think i may have caught a, a trout but it was about the size of less than the size of my hand so it, it wasn't wasn't the best day in, yep. in the fishing world some people would say, they say there's not if it's a trout if it's a brown trout which is their native trout then that's they, they don't grow to, to they, they do get too big in some of the river systems but a lot of the kind of the hill locks and stuff up in scotland then if you go out and you catch a, a hand-sized wild brown trout some people would kind of say that was better than going to a, a commercial fishery and catching a 10 pound fed up on pellets rainbow trout so it's um there's some people that go fishing and that's all they'll catch will be little kind of pan-sized or hand-sized brown trout but because they're wild and native then there's a bit more thrill catching them than there is catching something that's been fed up and put into stocked into a lake um, in order for people to go and catch so um so you shouldn't you shouldn't think of yourself for the size of it <laughs> catching yeah. is the main thing <laughs> well you made me feel much better about my kind of fishing uh, you know history <laughs> So and and what about and and swimming? I also hear you're quite keen on. Um, uh, or I, I I did hear that you um, decided to go for a swim in Dundee. About a month I know ago. where this is going. <laughs> oh, but a month ago it was about two weeks ago. Yes, I'm guessing that came from Gainer. Thanks, Gainer. But uh, yes, we were uh, we were up fishing in Dundee a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when you're fly fishing, you're normally in terms of to get out into the water a little bit. A lot of these fisheries put um like little pontoons so just little wooden yeah. jetties like you know they only take one angler and uh i had been out on my little pontoon for about two hours and um and yeah didn't realize how far to the right i had moved and went to put my foot down and realized that if i did put my foot down i was going straight in so uh <laughs> so tried to try to jump as far back towards the the bank as i could 
and ended up in a reed bed, only in about probably two foot of water, but underneath that was about another two or three foot of mud. So ended up <laughs> up to my chest, stuck in the water, um, trying to pull myself out through these weed beds. And uh, my boots went straight in the bin. My pockets were full of mud. Um, and yeah, up to my up to my waist in mud, basically. So uh, so that was first and last time I think I'll be doing that. <laughs> no, no quicksand. It, no, it's just obviously very silty around the edges, and I, I can't believe I did it. And there was three other guys fishing on the other side of the lake, and um, Gainer was further up the lake, and uh, so everyone everyone witnessed it, and uh, I looked like a right chump when I came managed to drag myself back out of the water but luckily it was the summer and it wasn't the middle of december or january when the water would have been absolutely freezing the yeah. water was actually not too bad but um but yeah just an absolute uh, just just one of those ones when you you look round and in a split second you just look down and i could see my foot was over the edge and it, but it was kind of i was past the point of no return if you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, the only thought was i can either just fall straight in here and you can four or five foot of water or i can try and jump as far back towards the um the bank as i can not realizing how muddy it was going to be on the bottom yeah jumping so, back and waving to the crowd yes and then disappearing into a weed bed because i think gain i heard me shout i don't know what i shouted probably some profanity as i jumped <laughs> And uh, Gaynor heard me, and she came running down the bank. But because I had sunk so far down into the reed bed, then she—I think she started panicking because she, she, all she had heard was a splash. And then as she came running down, couldn't actually see me anywhere until she found my head and amongst all these reeds. <laughs> oh, great. So, um, so yeah, first, first time anyway. Never done that in my life before. And like I say, fingers crossed the last. But the only thing it gave me comfort was is when I was speaking to the. The fisheries manager and, and <laughs> letting him know what happened um he said that i'm not the only one he said that happens quite regularly that people kind of lose their footing and go in so that made me feel a little bit better <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but yes so hopefully first and last time i'll ever do that <laughs> but i do enjoy swimming just on the swimming thing i've done just not, in, well, not in boots not in not in not in yeah, but I have done a, I did a, what was it, five, six years ago, I did a mile swim in Lake Windermere, an open water swim for charity. So, um, so yeah, I do, I do enjoy swimming, but but not usually in, in my fishing gear. <laughs> we've, I mean, we've known each other for quite quite a few years now, on and off through the industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, tell, tell us a bit about your background. I mean, in terms of, I've been in and around recruitment for a long time. I actually started as a recruitment consultant and uh, <laughs> you could either say I wasn't very good at it or I didn't enjoy it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. I only lasted six months. Um, and then I moved to Monster um, when Monster was still relatively small in the UK. What year? Um, they were, um, that was 2000. Um, so way back 18 years ago. <laughs> um, and basically back then it was, Monster was massive in America. There were they were still, I mean, they were they were still getting there, and there was there was some other job boards around in the UK at that time. But the whole the whole concept of advertising jobs on the internet was was a new concept. Um, I worked in the corporate new business side within Monster, so I was selling to corporates, um, and they would happily spend ten thousand pound way back then on a on an ad in the the Financial Times, um, and we were turning around telling them we'll charge you three hundred and fifty quid for a 
an online advert and we'll get you in front of the same people and and it was just people people couldn't get their head around it they, they just thought can't can't charge 350 quid and get the same responses as i'm paying ten thousand pounds for um but that's what i loved about it i loved being able to educate people and i loved being able to change people's mindsets and take them into the cv database and actually show them the, the candidates that were in there and actually prove the point to them um so that was where my whole kind of selling back into recruitment and selling back into kind of in-house HR teams began so nearly 18 years ago um, and uh, and spent a few years at Monster and then I moved away from Monster to another part of recruitment um, which is the, the whole kind of umbrella company limited company working side so supplying services to, to contractors um, who are working via recruitment agencies so although we provided the the service to the individual and um, the individual worker my, my my job if you like was managing and building the relationships with these recruitment agencies and um, because they would be the ones that would actually give us the the referrals um in order for us to then supply the services directly to to the individual workers um and i spent the best part of kind of six nearly seven years um up in um aberdeen um at the time i was living in glasgow and um one of the biggest concentrations of, of kind of temporary or contract workers that would work through their own limited companies because it's more kind of high-end um, contractors um, was in the oil and gas sector. Um, so I would manage pretty much all of the recruitment businesses that were that were feeding into the oil and gas sector and a lot of the service companies um, up in and around Aberdeen. So although I didn't live there, I was pretty much, it felt like I lived in Aberdeen for for the best part of six or seven years, um, just basically managing all the relationships with them um, with the recruitment businesses and the service companies up there um, and then I moved away from that because I, I then because it, it was more relationship management um, that's all it was there wasn't really any kind of hard sell or any selling of a product it was more just managing the relationships with the recruitment agencies which I did very well and did very well out of it but I missed the whole going back to what I spoke about earlier with the whole the whole monster thing in terms of actually changing mindsets and Bit a bit more consultative and selling so decided to move away from that back into um software sales um and went to a firm called etz um who provided um back office software for recruitment businesses um which was all about timesheets and invoicing and automation it was SaaS, which was kind of what i wanted to move into because it was it was a new way of doing things and everything else and um yeah spent the best part of Kind of six, nearly seven years um, at ETZ, dealing only with recruitment businesses um, all over the UK now. So and um, and in APAC as well, um, some over in Ireland and a few dotted around around Europe. Um, and kind of was head of sales there for 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 six years, um, and now find myself at Edibu. Um, and again, same same thing attracted me to Edibu. Um, the whole. Um, the whole software, but ultimately going back to to what I know with the with the job boards and um, and be able to kind of promote, not just kind of use the contacts that I've now built up over the last quite scary saying it, eighteen years in recruitment, um, but been able to actually kind of speak to these guys about obviously the new things that the has got in there in terms of the the talent pools and everything else, and so not just the the, the multi posting side of things, but ultimately that is still still the thing that that these agencies require. So. So yeah, so been in and around recruitment for a long time, and um, always enjoyed it, but wasn't a very recruiter, a very good recruiter myself. <laughs> but it is, it is amazing. You think about the technological shift, 
and, and yeah. what you mentioned about Monster, because in early 2000s, the, the, the business that Idaboo evolved out of, which was called or is called One World Market, because One World Market um, owns Idaboo, um, yeah. we were doing a lot of print advertising for recruitment agencies. And, and during yeah. that time, you, there was the ongoing discussion, which is, oh, wow, it's going to be so much cheaper if I, if I advertise digitally. But what ROI am I going to get on doing that? And, you know, over here, the, you know, the back of the, of the newspaper advertising The Guardian, wherever it happens to be, um, you know, this, this tried and tested, you know, we're still yeah. not really sure about using the Internet at, at that sort of level. Um, of course, great for the job boards at the time because it meant their, their, their price points could be much nearer or with respect to the print pricing but yeah. yeah you know massive change you think about how it's it's come now where of course job boards have got their own challenges where you've got things like the um the board aggregators and then the board aggregators have got their own challenges because of people like google jobs so yeah. it's you know it, it it's amazing how in 18 years it has it has changed and you you know technologies which were how would you say seen as a bit risque at one point in time have been absorbed yeah. into the, the kind of usual, the, the, the normal zeitgeist of operation and, and have also to an extent reached a point where they're, they're, they're now having their own uh, challenges as, as things move on. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think even going back, I can remember um, we were, we were looking at communities and things. So at the time there was probably only, I'm going to say half a dozen, there might have been more, but without naming all the names, there was probably around half a dozen decent sized job boards back then, back in you know, the early 2000s. Um, you think about the, num the number of job boards now in terms of all the niche job boards that are for specific sectors and everything else, but I can remember we were trying to build communities within um, within the, the, the monster system and for, to try and accommodate all these different different sectors within recruitment. And then obviously over the years it's built out and and then um, there's some niche ones that have popped up that are only specific to certain sectors and then there's other ones that are still generic across the board but um but yeah i mean it's like i say it's it's been fascinating to watch it and like i say i, I loved i loved it back back then when you, when you were speaking to people and been able to been able to change the the the, the kind of the mindset and educate people and, and actually see the reaction when when they did kind of decide to buy and then they did place someone and it did only cost them a few hundred quid compared to it costing tens of thousands of pounds or certainly thousands of pounds in the past. Um, but been able to actually demonstrate that ROI, especially in the, through the sales of the CV database. I mean, a lot of the agent, the companies I was selling to back then were, were trying to cut agency spenders. A lot of them will still say they're trying to do, although they rely on the recruitment businesses and I'm 100% on that that they do. Um, and there's always going to be a, a place for recruitment businesses, but um, but been able to demonstrate to them in terms of the, getting access to the, the CV databases and actually say, well, look, how much would it cost you to place one guy? Well, it would usually cost me six, seven, eight thousand pounds. Well, so that's what it's going to cost you for a year's access. So you only need to place one person and that's you, you you've, you've covered the cost for it, you know? So been able to actually demonstrate that ROI even back then and been able to show it and, and actually, like I say, get the, get the feedback from people when it worked was, 
it, it was something that something I always enjoyed, and when I moved away from it, I missed. Do you know? So it's um, it's it's that's that's what I've always enjoyed is is being able to kind of educate people and actually prove to them that that there is a, a cost saving, there's a benefit there to to whatever system it is they're using. Yeah, and it's, it's no different here. Well, I was just going to say also interesting that connected with what you're saying about that paradigm shift of of cost and a 8k placement becoming a 8k annual cost for as many placements as you as you can make just as an yeah. example you've given that 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 of course is is one of the reasons we've now seen proliferation of you know the the one two five um five kind of man band you know it used to be that you needed quite a lot of funding to get into being an uh, a recruitment agency uh, yeah. where, whereas now you know things have changed and and tech such as SaaS software online software means that you can manage your recruitment agency from a, a much smaller start point the barrier to entry has come down massively definitely definitely um, then there's, a, there's I think there's a lot. I mean, I think I don't know the exact figure, but I can remember putting it out on LinkedIn either earlier this year or late last year that I think there was over nine thousand new recruitment businesses incorporated or started up in the UK last year. Um, so in 2017, there was there was over I'm sure it was over nine thousand, and I think the year before that it was about four thousand, four and a half thousand. So it was nearly double the amount of recruitment businesses that were that were started up. Now, how many of them go on then and, and be successful? Obviously, <laughs> will we'll kind of play out. But the, the fact that there's nearly there's nine thousand new recruitment businesses, and I think in the UK now there's over thirty four thousand recruitment businesses. <laughs> um, in the in the whole of the UK, so it's 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 a massive massive industry, and it's and it's it definitely is. I mean, I, I know a lot of guys from um from 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 S3, um all the all the brands that make up the S3 group, and um, the amount of people that seem to kind of come through the ranks within S3 and then go out and branch out and start their own. I could probably rhyme off a dozen names of people that I know right now that are all XS3 that are all now running very successful recruitment businesses. Yes. Um, I think so. It's it, there's there's definitely definitely the barriers to to entry and the the overheads in terms of getting up and running is is nowhere near what it what it used to be. Um, and a lot of people again are doing the same thing. They're they're building up a niche. They're they're, they're just concentrating on on specific areas and sectors and. And um, it's amazing when you go around these recruitment businesses, the, the the difference in terms of some of them are still very corporate and some of them are, are, are so relaxed, it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> um, in terms of the dress codes. And they, they seem more like a, kind of advertising agencies when you go into their offices rather than, than the, the kind of corporate recruitment structure that, that a lot of people maybe think about. Like again, going back 10, 15 years ago, where everybody used to think everybody in recruitment had to wear a pinstripe suit. Um, but certainly nowadays, the, the, I mean, the number of agencies I go into, and you're thinking to yourself, what, what should I be going in? Am I, am I wear, going to be wearing the right kind of business attire? Um, because you know that some of these kind of, certainly the ones that are working more in the kind of tech areas and things, none of the recruitment consultants are going to be sitting in there suited and booted and and certainly not the the, the probably the the 28 30 year old um guy who's been successful somewhere else and started it up probably not either so again it's been a massive shift in terms of just the whole kind of the corporate structure of recruitment businesses let alone the the number of them that are actually starting up every year and where and where do you see the industry moving to at the moment what 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 are the areas that excite you in terms of tech change that's occurring 
I mean, I think, I mean, I think in the, the oil and gas sector um, has, uh, for the last couple of years, has has been on a little bit of the quiet side. Um, the oil price has been down, so therefore the that that and that sector itself it hasn't really kind of seen much movement. But certainly, just in the last few months, um, the oil prices came back up. So, yeah, you know, a lot of these your BPs and your shells and everything will be will be manning back up again. And when they start manning back back up, then you're talking probably thousands of contractors that will be coming back into the fold again. Um, so for me just now, um, I think that the oil and gas sector is certainly on its way back up and certainly from speaking to a few of the, the, the agencies that, that we've got that use our software, um, that's that's been kind of reiterated by them that they've seen a, a big shift in the last couple of months as well in terms of the number of vacancies um, and things coming through. But I just think in, on the whole, um, I mean, there's the whole everyone, the whole debate in terms of will um, AI replace recruitment consultants moving forward. Um, personally, I don't think they will. There's always going to need to be that that human touch and that 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 kind of um, that it's never going to replace a person. However, I do believe that AI will replace some of the mundane tasks within recruitment businesses that that someone doesn't need to sit and do. Um, and I, I can see moving forward that a lot of, maybe some more, more in the back office of recruitment businesses, that, that, that a lot of tasks will be get replaced by kind of artificial intelligence and more smarter software. Um, but certainly in the front end, in terms of on the recruiter side, yes, there'll be tools and everything that will be brought in to, to enable and help the recruiters. But I do always believe that there's going to be, there's always going to be a place for recruiters that they're never going to get replaced fully um by 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 a computer but there's there's lots of things out there that's that's helping them automate processes and everything else but and i think I, it's going to be more in the back office and in in terms of you know Idabu fitting into the marketplace as 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 we move forward i mean do you want to you know say a few words on on how you see that i mean yeah i mean i think in terms of in terms of where Idabu is going with certain with it with the, the, the v3 of the software where it's more about the talent attraction so it's not just the multi-posting um it's more about the the actual building of the the talent pools and, and making sure that anything any money you're spending on um kind of advertising or or job postings um any candidates that you're attracting back into the system then you're able to kind of utilize them in other ways um so they might not be they might not be ideal for the for the client you're recruiting for for that role um because it couldn't might just be there's not a cultural fit it's nothing to do with the skills and experience um so been able to been able to kind of keep these these people within the system and then ultimately the next the next job that comes along you you, you effectively before you even have to go and spend um, the, some of your budget advertising those jobs, you could effectively already have, have filled that role. Um, so I certainly think that within Edibu, it's, it's certainly moving um, in the right direction when it comes to the to the talent attraction side of things, putting aside the, the whole kind of multi-posting, um, which, which is probably the main reason that a lot of people know Edibu. Um, but certainly the thing for me when I got to, to understand it more over the last last couple of months is it's it, that that talent attraction side of things with the, with the talent pools is is definitely a key a key area and and the other thing I would say is probably the landing pages um, knowing a lot of these agencies the way that I do especially some of those smaller ones that, that work in niche areas um, they spend a lot of time building up the brand they're, they're trying to compete with the big boys and they do it very well because of the way that they provide their service um, it's a bit more kind of human a bit more hands-on but more personable um, but they take a lot of pride in the brand um, and they spend a lot of money and a lot of time building that brand 
um, and through the landing pages, um, I think we had to be allows them to have that brand continuity um, and allows them to be when they're when they are getting their name out there and their jobs out there, everything's getting drove back to to one place, which is which has obviously got their brand on there rather than it just being a job posting that's out on on the boards. So yeah, I definitely think there's there's things in there that people might not be aware of um, and know that Adibu's made those moves in the last maybe 18 months, two years. Um, and like yeah. I say, it was it was certain things for me that I wasn't aware of. Well, it's, and just to add to that, um, I suppose my 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 own um, yeah my own additions are that I, I think that the market sometimes isn't aware how good our integrations are with the likes of Bullhorn and Bond and and a lot of other serum providers. Our new the V3 integration is I, yeah I reckon it's second to none. And yeah. the the integration work that we've done with the landing pages so that you can ask applicants. Um, custom questions and that we can map that to the the custom fields back in the CRM I don't think we shout out about that enough either um, that's you no, know that combined with say apply by seek um, yeah is is really good and, and obviously we've got CRM partners that we work with closely to to deliver that to clients and the the combination of you know landing you, you you've got the convenience of the posting you've got edge filtering filtering for applicants where you can be asking custom questions you've got the custom information being sent through into the the crm it's a really good 360 um 360 system that we've got set up with partners there yeah and i think one of the other things just on the landed pages that that i wasn't even aware of um was the 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 little video tool uh, where it allows you to not only put a little kind of promotion video on either about the role or about the about the, the organization or, or the agency um, but ultimately the the candidate can can reply by by video as well and for me that's one of the things that i have seen a massive um and i might i might dabble in it myself moving forward um but i've seen a massive um change just looking down my linkedin um, where a lot of these recruitment businesses now are taken to video, yeah. um, not just to, not just to talk about things that are happening within recruitment, um, but also to to actually kind of get the word out there on on placements and positions that they're working on. Um, so there's a there's a lot going on just now within recruitment around the, the video thing, and I don't think I don't think anybody's aware. Um, and like I say, I certainly wasn't that that within the landing pages it gives you that ability to not just promote the job via a little video clip, but also give the candidate the ability on his mobile phone to to actually reply by video. Um, and I think these agencies that are engaging in video, then that's definitely something that's that's going to be right up their street as well. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gordon. Um, it's been great talking to you. Um, how can people get in touch? People can get in touch through um, email, um, LinkedIn. Um, so email is just gordon.web at edibu.com. Um, obviously, just look me up on, on LinkedIn. Um, and um, my mobile, not, um, which I don't know if you want me to get my mobile out on this, but <laughs> happy to do so. But yeah, probably LinkedIn or email is probably the best way to, to get in touch um, and be delighted to speak to anyone. Great. If I'm well, not in touch with them first. <laughs> well, really, really good speaking to you today, and and thanks for the time. And I'm looking forward to working with you over the coming months and years. Yep, yeah, me too. Can't wait, Steve. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Cheers.